Of course, we know the scriptures that say to take every thought captive. But the reality is we don't take every thought captive. We we believe a lot of the thoughts are our own self. We believe, you know, so much of it is just us carrying on conversations with our, or like talking to ourselves. When the reality is the Bible tells us to take every thought captive. And then even in Corinthians, it says, um, you know, in Corinthians 11.3, it says, um, your mind's being corrupted. Hi all, I'm Sherry Yoler. I'm your host of the Rep 4.3 podcast. I am the founder of Emerald Glory Wellness and Emerald Oils. I'm a certified herbalist, an end times enthusiast, a deliverance and inner healing minister and teacher. I lead women's retreats and take teams on missions all over the world. And my hope is that my guests and I can spur you on to stay on the straight and narrow path all the way to Yeshua Messiah's return. From Torah to Revelation, we want to inspire you to worship in spirit and in truth, to keep your lamp full and your eyes fixed. Grab a cup of coffee, make yourself at home, and may Yahweh bless you as you listen. I would like it. <laughs> I, I can edit out anything I need to. All right. Well, welcome to the Rev 4-3 podcast. I am so excited to have my best friend, Tabitha Smith, on. Um, we've been talking for hours. <laughs> Truly. And I'm just now hitting record. So um, we're just going to trust that Holy Spirit is going to take over and guide this talk. We are talking about just radical daily spiritual warfare. So let's pray and then we will just dive right in. Father God, I thank you so much. You are so good. Thank you for giving me such an awesome friend. Um, that just sharpens me and sharpens us all. Lord, I pray that you would anoint her for this discussion. And that you would do what only you can do, which is show up and give revelation, bring revelation, give us new tools for fighting the enemy in our lives. And I pray that you would just bless her abundantly for taking the time out of her busy schedule to um, just be willing to jump on and help others. And yeah, to you be all the glory, Lord. We love you in the mighty name of Yeshua. Amen and amen. Amen. Okay, so Tabitha... Um, Many of you know, but maybe many of you don't. So Tabitha and her husband sold their, they sold everything. What, three, four, four years ago now, at least? Four. Yeah. Four years ago, sold everything and just went all in with the gospel and have been traveling, sharing the gospel across the U.S. and now coming up internationally um, and internationally in France this summer and then more coming up. Um ever since. So I have been able to be a fly on the wall watching this process and hearing about all the warfare and all the stuff that she has been learning. So I think this should be fun. Okay. So we were talking the other day and you had said that one of the main things that you have learned to just um, an even greater degree is how much of the spiritual warfare takes place in our minds. Yes. Okay. It's huge. Talk about that. Um, yeah. So of course we know the scriptures that say to take every thought captive, but the reality is we don't take every thought captive. We, we believe a lot of the thoughts are our own self. We believe, you know, so much of it is just us carrying on conversations with our, or like talking to ourselves mm -hmm. when the reality is 
the Bible tells us to take every thought captive. And then even in Corinthians, it says, um, you know, in Corinthians 11, three, it says, um, your mind's being corrupted. And there's so many scriptures that talk about the battle in the mind, but we don't truly, yeah, I just believe that we don't take every thought captive and we entertain a lot of nonsense. And um, one of the biggest lessons this last season, one of the, where the Lord really gave me a deeper understanding of it is I had been around a friend that was going through a really big struggle and I walked away and I said, man, that was so sad. And then I walked into our camper and my son actually got onto him for something. And my, and my husband kind of rebuked me. And then literally like arrows were just shot at my head with mm. so many thoughts that were so intense and so crazy. And that moment I knew oh, this is so demonic. Like all of the thoughts that were coming, I'm talking about, you would be better off dead. You wow. like, like you need to run away. Jeez. You need to get out of here. So in that moment, it was so intense. And I knew like, this is crazy. This is crazy what's happening in my head. And at the same time, my husband's trying to talk to me and I'm just like ready to freak out because I can't even begin I to feel thought. like I remember this day, yeah. I feel like I remember a text or a message or something coming through. It was moment. so crazy. And then Dwayne even looks at me and he says, do you want me to stop talking? But he thought it in like, I didn't want to hear him. And I'm like, yeah, please, please stop talking. And he walks away and the Lord said, you see how easy that was. And he brought me back to where I thought the thought, man, that is so sad. And me giving oh. entertainment to that thought, this is so sad, just literally opened a door for the enemy to shoot so many arrows. And um, it was just really eye-opening. So then from then on, he started really teaching me, like it's even deeper than I ever thought with your mind. Like the battlefield really begins with your mind. It's so crazy. I can feel Holy Spirit all over me right now. And I did not expect that. I don't say that lightly, <laughs> um, but I, and I, yeah, I didn't expect it as, but as you were talking, it, it's my biggest personal, like not, not uh, outward, right? So like sometimes the enemy uses other people to attack, um, but when it's a personal attack, it does, it's all here. And my mm -hmm. biggest battle ever was entertaining a thought. And when you said entertaining the thought, it was like, whoosh, Holy Spirit came on me and just reminded me that's exactly what I did. And that's exactly how I tell my story. Like I answered him. I answered him in my mind. So it was when a loved one was in the hospital and there was, it was when we didn't know whether or not that loved one was going to live or die. And the, the thought that came into my head was, what if you're on your own? What if there is no God and you're on your own? And my response in my head was, what if? I didn't even say it out loud. I just said, what if? And whoosh, the spirit of despair came in and I could see it. And some people, you've, you've heard me tell this. I'm sure some listeners have heard me tell this, but I could see it. And that was the Lord's grace. The Lord let me see 
what the spirit of despair looked like. And it was blackness and it was taking over my brain and the, and I could watch it like oozing over my brain, like black goo. And the only thing that would make it leave is me singing out loud. Lord, I need you that the Lord, I need you song by Matt Maher. It's the only song I had on my phone. And the, um, when it would stop, to start over for the repeat in that interim, I could see it taking over again. And then as long as I would start singing again, it would recede and I fell asleep that way and I woke up and I was fine. But it was that moment of entertaining the ridiculous question that the enemy had thrown in my brain. That moment of not realizing I needed to take the thought captive instantly is what unlocked, un unleashed, I should say, unleashed a uh, you know eight hour battle with the spirit of despair the demonic spirit of despair yeah amen and and i think that sometimes even when it's like when it is a crazy radical thought it can be like your eyes can be open like for you it, it was so open in that moment and god let you see it but i think sometimes also it can be something so subtle. It can be like, that was so sad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like just, so, just something so small, like, oh, these people don't really like you. And then the next thing you know, you're oh. in a room and you're completely isolated and rejected and, and mm -hmm. you're in this whole battle that that's not even real. And, um, we even experienced very recently, even in our marriage, we, we have, we are really connected. We are really uh, bonded. We do everything together. And so we don't, we don't have like disputes, like a lot of married couples do. Of course we get on each other's nerves sometimes, but we, we, we had this moment where we both were just getting piled up with so much mm -hmm. stuff going on in our lives and the new season we are in. And it got so bad that I could literally feel from Dwayne like that he was feeling rejected. But then because of his feeling of being rejected, I literally wanted to reject him. You know, mm -hmm. I literally wanted nothing. Like, I'm like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to be around him. Mm -hmm. And then next thing you know, we were in this weird funk that we just could not get out of. And I'm like, what is even happening? Like, it, this doesn't yeah. even make sense. And and then literally the Lord broke it off of us. And then God gave Dwayne a dream. And in the dream, him and I had had an argument and we were like butting heads and, and fighting. And he walked away. He left me in the dream and he was sitting on the curb uh, of a street corner. And I walked up to him and I um, was like, what are you doing here? Like, like, why are you sitting here? And he's like, what do you mean? You, you, you rejected me. And, da, da, da. and I'm like, what are you talking about? That, that didn't even happen. And in the dream, God gave him a revelation that like, it was all in his head. Like it was, like, he was, what was happening in real life was all in his head and he couldn't see it. So the Lord in his grace gave him a dream. He's he gave so him faithful. a He's so faithful. And even that just goes right along with how much he has taught us the deeper, the deeperness of renewing your mind. And I believe when you're a babe Christian, you know, renewing the mind is really hard, but then, you know, you know, the scriptures, renew your mind, take the thoughts captive. So you do that on a small basis. But I believe in this last season, it's kind of like we, we dove into like deeper level, deeper mm. Kind of get tired. Okay, I'm sorry, you froze. So you do you've been you said something about going into 
I forget the adjective or the verb that you use, but not intentionally, you have faced deeper level spiritual warfare. Is that what you were saying? Yeah, I believe that. I believe that as we mature in Christ, like the oh. yeah, that we we go into more intense, and so it has just mm. this last season of more intense, like where thoughts are coming all the time. That it's just oh. it's just really been eye opening of how how you literally need to take every thought you know yeah so okay a couple of things um for the listener we don't want that to scare you from maturing in christ because you we do get to the place in christ where we are mature to the point where he has we've resisted him and he flees that's what scripture says so the bulk of our lives is we're walking in freedom Right. But when you are going to the front lines of the war against evil, like you are, you are going on the offensive. You are purposely going into battle with Jesus. And it's a joy, right? The battle is a joy. Like it is hard, but it's a joy. And you wouldn't choose it any other way. <laughs> Excuse me. So, you know, as you say, as you mature, you know, the warfare gets stronger and stronger. There is a promised land with Jesus where it doesn't matter. The Goliaths come and he teaches you how to knock them down. And so, yes, maybe as we mature, there's a bigger giant or another giant or another army waiting in that part of the promised land that we are headed into. But it's not... Um, it, it is not the more you mature, the worse it's going to get. Like that is not what you're saying at all. No. I just want to make sure the listener understands the fullness of what you were saying. It, it's it's a new level of glory and it's a new level of faith. These battles. Right. It's like, oh, I believe most of the church, you know, they, they read that scripture, the gates of hell shall not prevail. Mm -hmm. And they think that we're there to defend, like, like we're there to defend and right. really we're called to, to be on the offense. offense. Exactly. Yeah. We are called to go after the enemy. And, um, instead of us being scared of the enemy, it's the enemy being scared exactly. of us. Exactly. Amen. And, you know, mm -hmm. we forgot to, to say, we do have an announcement, but it's going to be at the end, <laughs> partially because we want to keep you guys in suspense, but partially because even after talking for two hours, we are still undecided about what to announce. And so we're going to put that off till the end. Um, but yes, amen. And then secondly, I do want to say, and this is a big one. So wait, let me get back to that. Let's just talk about what it means to take your thought captive. So when I was a brand new believer, I remember reading that scripture and realizing to take something captive means you're taking it as your prisoner. Amen. It doesn't just mean like catch it. No, you're taking it as your prisoner. And what are you doing? You're taking it captive unto Christ. So I'm taking these things captive. I don't have to deal with it on my own. If I take a thought captive, I'm taking it as my prisoner and and throwing it at the foot, the feet of Jesus for him to deal with. It's like, OK, that's a thought that is not allowed in my brain. So I am capturing it and I'm dragging it to the feet of Jesus and it's no longer mine. So taking it captive doesn't just mean recognizing it and then dealing with it 
or, um, you know, acknowledging it. It literally is stop it, grab it, take it to Jesus. Would you, would you agree? Or, or what can you add even to that for the listener that is like, wow, how do I take my thought captive? What do you say? I just, um, the best, the best analogy God gave me is one time I went to the airport and I had cash in my pocket. Um, and I didn't know you couldn't have, you cannot have cash in your pocket and I have anything in your pocket. You're right. And so I go through the little, the alarm thing and it goes off and they snatch me and they literally start frisking me and patting me down. Like I'm some kind of criminal. Like they, they searched everything instead of just saying, Hey, what's in your pocket. Right. And the Lord told me like, like, that's how you deal with that thought. Like, like, that's how you, you take it captive, you snatch it, you frisk it at the door of your, of your mind, like like where it come from. And Dwayne, Dwayne does this really good talk. He says, you know, everything is like a seed. Everything is a seed that gets planted and in our mind is the ground that it gets planted. Mm -hmm. And he says, if we sit there and we nurture it in that garden, whether good or bad, it, it begins to come down. Yeah, it's going to take root in our heart. And whether it be a bad thought or a good thought, if, if we sit there and entertain it for any time, we, we feed it. And then when it goes into our, our heart, what it says, it says out of your heart, your mouth speaks. So then we start speaking into these things. And it, I, I just, it's so important to yeah. take it. It says all the issues of life come out of our heart. And right. so you're right. It starts with a thought. And then it becomes entertained and then it starts to be rooted and then it starts to affect our whole life. And like you said, and like I said on my um, reel a couple of days ago, as a man thinketh, so is he. Amen. So is it your thought or is it the enemy's thought? The enemy can throw one thought and it becomes yours very quickly if you own it, right? Like you said, the rejection. So yeah, to the listener that is like, well, how do I do this? I love your example of frisking it. You're examining it. A thought comes mm-hmm. into your head and you're like, wait a minute. Is that my thought? Is that the Lord? Is that the enemy? Is that somebody else? Is that a word curse that's being repeated because you heard it so many times? So whose voice is it in your head? Frisk it at the door, at the gate mm-hmm. and examine it and decide whose it is. And if it doesn't belong to if it doesn't belong to you, then where'd it come from? And if it didn't come from the Lord, then you don't want it there. <laughs> whether it's, you know, somebody else's word curses over you or whether it's the enemy or whether it's even just your past memories that have caused a pattern already in your mm-hmm. mind. Because like when you're four and you don't know to take your thought captives or whatever, you know, it, we can go so far as to say, because the, the battle is in your mind and not to quote Joyce, Joyce Meyer, right? The battlefield of the mind, but um, your thought life shows what's in your heart, shows who you serve, shows where you're going, shows what your life looks like. It literally, if you examine your mind, it's, you have a map of where you're not free. Right. right. Where you're not free, uh, the areas that you're struggling in. Yeah. yeah. Amen. That's a good one. Um, but then the other thing that I wanted to say, which I think will kind of lead us into the next topic is a lot of what you're dealing with is not only because you're going to new levels of glory and the Lord is taking you through new things, 
It's because of who you're around Mm -hmm. a lot because of the circumstances and the people that you're around and their battles, Mm -hmm. right? And so wherever we are, uh, I think it was maybe just a couple of days ago, you said on Facebook, something like, Hey, I don't believe that we will ever be in the fullness of who Christ created us to be. If we are isolated and we are not in community with other believers because they do sharpen. Um, it's not pleasant. A lot of the times <laughs> they do sharpen, but just watching you for four years, a lot of your battles are born out of community. So either the way you're being treated by community the way the Lord is showing your own character in community or the demons and the battles that these people around you are going through. For for sure. And I've experienced all of it, like where I'll never forget, like the Lord took me on this radical journey of learning love, like that I was self-righteous and I had to get rid of that. And then that's why I struggled with love and compassion. And so he set me free from that. And I thought I was so good. Like, I thought, man, I really know how to love more. I am free. (laughs) I'm free. And then um, one day the Lord spoke to me and he said, your love is so superficial. And I'm like, what? Like, I I know how to love Lord. And he said, oh, you love them until they get on your nerves or you love them while you're doing ministry to them and you're just flowing in the spirit. You love them. But when you're dealing with these people that you have to long suffer with that are not walking in the same freedom that, you know, or the conviction, the conviction coming through the computer screen right now. He's like, you, you don't love them. And that was, that was really, really hard because at that time I was doing like a 90 day Bible challenge and I had just gotten into the gospel and you read over and over about, this is how you complete the whole law. If you love one another, if you could just love one another, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like this love is so repetitive in there. And I really struggled like, Lord, how do I, how do I love these people that are, that are hard? And, and that's where he taught me to separate the the person from the spirit, you know, like the spiritual battle that they're going through. So I just asked the Lord when somebody's hard, like, Lord, show me, show me what they look like to you or show me the spirit Mm -hmm. and um, what they look like in the spirit. And that has radically, radically changed how to, how to view the person and how to, how to long suffer with them. And then you can not so much let what they're going through affect you, you know? Um, So that was pretty life-changing, you know? Uh, I am convicted, but we talk about, (laughs) (laughs) but we talk about this, you know, Uh I'm the same. Like when I am ministering to somebody, the love and compassion flows, the Holy spirit flows, but the long suffering, like holding somebody's hands through all their yuck is hard. (laughs) And I do believe that that is a shepherd's heart. So, okay. We do have different giftings. However, Christ is all of the giftings. So the more that we want to be Christ-like, the more that we have to allow him to sharpen us and, and hone our character into all of the the you know the shepherd and the um teacher and the prophet and the I don't know so I am not a shepherd I am not a shepherd but I should because I love Jesus 
And because I want to be like him, I should learn to love like a shepherd. And I think that's what you are saying. Right. It is hard. Right. It, it is hard. And it and it's part of what puts you in the image of Christ. You know, like when the woman was about to get stoned, the woman caught in adultery, Jesus said, Hey, you without sin, cast the first stone. And, it, mm-hmm. and that's what it is. Like we're all going through these battles. So when you can realize that, oh man, this person has their own struggles and this person has their own things. It, it really does help mm-hmm. you separate and then long suffer. But with community, with the body of Christ, your your own flaws are completely exposed. Your yeah. impatience, your your frustration, your your, your little, control. Your control. <laughs> That's a big one. Not, not, not for you. Only, I just mean in, in general. I think control is huge for every Christian, every book, every person probably, because mm-hmm. really control comes out of fear and, and right. fear, fear and pride are probably our biggest enemies. Right. And um, rejection is so prevalent in every human because we've all been rejected. Every human has been rejected in some way, shape or form throughout their life. And so you get into community where you're feeling rejected and how do you react? You react in pride, you react in control um, you, you know, anger. So yeah, I, in the, in the battle, in spiritual warfare, in community, going backwards, A, you have to take those thoughts captive, right? It, it, For sure. When you are in community, I am sure, I don't live in community. I live in the middle of nowhere and I like it that way. <laughs> But um, when you are in community, there are thoughts of judgment, I am sure, that -hmm. are from the enemy, that that would be a big one, that if we do not take those thoughts of judgment towards others captive, guess what? That means that that is the measure, right, that we're going to be judged in. And so... Tell me, I'm sure you have examples of this from. Yes. So before I even got to where we were rad, like always with people all the time, the Lord did set me free from a critical judgmental spirit. So there, there was a lot, there was a lot of freedom walking into this, which I don't believe that necessarily everybody has because we've been all over the world in, or all over America in different fellowships. And that is one of the strongest things I feel off of believers because I'm, I'm a feeler and I, and I feel it. I can be in a room and I'm like, Oh, they're judging my kids or they're judging this, Uh, you know, mm -hmm. and, and it, you can really strongly feel it. So I was thankful to be set free and be on this side of recognizing it. But I can say that, um, at one point I could hear other people's judgment and then all of a sudden I was judging them. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, these religious oh. Pharisees, like, oh, they're so religious. And the Lord said, wow. look at you judging them for judging others. Like it's straight hypocrisy. And um, I, I was highly like, like really, really convicted. Like, oh, okay, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Um, the enemy, one of his big attacks is to get us in hypocrisy. You know, Christians have been called hypocrites, rightfully so. Yeah. And and we walk in these things so quick where we, we get blinded by our logs and then we see these specks instead of like pausing, like like 
do I really want to stand in God's place and, and be judging these people? Right. Yikes. Okay. So then that leads you to the next one, the next step, which would be, or the next, whatever, uh, B, I think I said A earlier, B, um, as a, all of us should be able to discern in the spirit, whether we're feeling, seeing, hearing, mm -hmm. we should be able to discern in the spirit. We can have words of knowledge based on feeling in the spirit what somebody else has, what they're carrying, what they're going through. And the tendency is for people to take that on as their own battle because they don't realize that they're feeling for it from sure. somebody else. Okay, so talk about that kind of spiritual warfare. Yeah, so I am a really strong feeler. Like that would be probably my strongest like discernment I get words of knowledge but feeling is is really strong for me and there's like if it's something that's familiar something that I used to entertain or or something that maybe even I still back myself I'll take that and I'll be like over here completely messed up fighting this battle of something like like it needs striving or you know perfectionism was a huge thing I walked in if I get around a lot of people that are in that striving, that work base, next thing you know, I'm doing the same thing. Like I'm trying to work or I'm trying to strive and like, hold on. Like I was from this, like, how am I not free from this right now? Mm -hmm. And the Lord has literally spoke to me, stop picking up things that are not yours. Amen. And so I could, oh, I could pause, but when it's something that I don't battle with, like, like say a spirit of lust, if I sit down with people that got lust, I instantly feel it. And I'm like, Oh, Oh, there's lust. You here. know, it's not you. Mm -hmm. it, I know it's not me. And it's really easy to, to reject that and to be like, okay, Lord, how can I, how can I minister? But when it is something more familiar, it mm -hmm. takes time and then not letting it affect you. Like people with rejection for say, it's real easy to want to reject them. Like that spirit yeah. of rejection is so strong. Yes. You really want to reject them. Been there, and done that. <laughs> <laughs> me too. So, yeah, like, and you what? witnessed it. You witnessed me do that. <laughs> uh -huh. and, and the reality is usually you're, you're feeling that so that you can help minister to that person or you can share your story and help set them free from it. But our natural tendency with with anything familiar, for me, it's like the religious people. If they've got self-righteousness or religion, mm -hmm. man, I am so angry and so frustrated and, and don't yeah. want to be around them. But God showed me how to get free from that. And I can actually really, really help them mm -hmm. if, if I don't reject them. And so I think the same people with rejection, like if, if we don't reject them, we can usually help them. Um, I mean, seriously. So, I mean, we talk all the time and I did not expect to be convicted through our talk today. So <laughs> thanks for that. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. I should have known, but yeah, I did because we talk so often, I didn't expect it to hit so deep today, but it is um, just areas that I obviously want to be better in, you know, and, and yeah, it's nothing we haven't covered before, but I'm still convicted. I still have work. He still has work in me <laughs> and always will, I guess. Um, okay. So then let's talk about attacks that come through other people, like mm -hmm. not, not necessarily you're feeling their demons, 
and did you like you just talked about you have to discern and um but like truly attacks through other people whether they be believers or unbelievers and the enemy is using them to hurt you or to you know taint your anointing or to just make your life difficult or whatever talk about that right right another huge attack from the enemy is is offense it really mm -hmm. truly is offense that's mm -hmm. why even even john the baptist after jesus had baptized him john the baptist locked up in prison sends his disciples to jesus to say hey are you the one and i never understood that like duh you baptized him the the, the heavens opened up you know the holy <laughs> spirit came down and god spoke but if you listen to what Jesus says, he says, go back and tell John, the blind receive sight, the deaf ears hear, and blessed is he who is not, not offended, offended with me. Mm -hmm. And so offense is really, really a huge attack because if we can open up to offense, it usually feeds. We get offended with this person, then we're offended with that person. The next thing you know, we're in this downward spiral of emotions and you know, to really guard your heart. Jesus said to guard your heart above all else. And, um, and for me personally, like when I, when I first started living radical for the Lord, I was rejected by all my unbeliever friends and all mm -hmm. my unbeliever family. And that was hard, but it wasn't so bad. But then I personally went through it with my own family, with my husband, with my kids, mm -hmm. like they just, mm -hmm. you know, and that was really hard. But none of it was harder than the believers that I thought were on the same page. Even yes. believers yes, that yes. I would have considered my closest, closest friends, they were the hardest. Like, like to really guard your heart and to not be offended when they are the ones that come after you or, or, or misunderstand you. Because the enemy, he likes to speak lies to us. Like Sherry and I are having a conversation and she says one thing. And in my head, it gets twisted. Oh, she really thinks this about you. And we entertain it. And so then that offense rises up. And then I say something out of response to that. And then in her mind, it's twisted too. And then you, you just have this huge thing that's happened that's most of the time in your head or and then the offense comes. And then the next thing you know, you're you're truly hurt. Um it all goes back to taking thoughts captive and not being offended. But I would say that that is probably one of the hardest, hardest battles is to not be offended with the people you walk close to, you know? Right. And so, you know, as humans, we have emotions, like people will hurt our feelings. People will reject us. They will hurt our feelings. They will do mean things and they will say mean things. And so we are not in sin by feeling as a human, right? That That is right. part of loving. That is part of risking. That is part of putting ourselves out there. That's part of being vulnerable. We don't want to shut down the emotions, but we want to handle the emotions in a healthy manner, in a sin-free manner, so that they don't open the door to a spirit of offense. And so I, I you know, I think obviously... And it's kind of offense has kind of become a buzzword in the Christian community to the point where if you disagree with somebody online, they're like, oh, I'm sorry, I offended you. 
And you're like, you didn't offend me because they're using it as an insult. Like, I know you're offended and offend, offense is fear. And them just calling you offended caused the, causes the offense. And it's this whole like giant social media weapon that the enemy is using to get us all offended at each other. And so what does it even look like for somebody like, okay, so I'm hurt. Somebody hurt me, a sister, a brother, whatever a spouse, maybe even a non-believer, whatever. Somebody hurt me. How do I not open the door to offense? And what's the difference between hurt and offense? Right. I love how um, Dan Moeller, he he said this thing. He said, don't let sin against you cause sin in you. Amen. And, and that's the thing to when somebody does sin against you, how you respond it is what is going to do the outlook of how things go. And um, it is best to, if you can walk away, to walk away and truly like, I, I like to tell people, I tell my daddy, you know, like when Dwayne <laughs> yeah. hurts my feelings, like I will go tell the Lord and I will be like, cause he's, he's my protector. He's my defender. Yeah. Sometimes when people try to hurt us, our, our first response is defense. But defense is rooted in pride, right? Like anytime we try to defend ourselves, mm-hmm. it, it, it's 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 really this pride thing going on. And but if we and that's what can make the battle worse. Like if your husband says something to you and then you snap off on him and then and then you just right. go into this whole war of of being hurt feelings and our it's egos right rising. And, yeah. and, and, mm-hmm. But if you walk away, if you pause and you walk away, like I, I will go and I'll pray. And I'm like, Lord, if, if I was wrong, because I think humility is one of our biggest weapons. Lord, I agree. Mm-hmm. If I did something wrong, come and show me if, if, if they did something wrong, Lord, I, I pray you show them. And I sit with the Lord and or if they hurt my feelings, like, Lord, I forgive them right now in Jesus name. I pray you show them what they did and and lead them into repentance. And yeah, I just release it right now in Jesus name. And, And, and that's the key, like release it while you're hurt. Don't wait until your emotions are not hurt anymore because that's backwards. Because you're entertaining the hurt, hoping that the feelings will come of forgiveness. That is backwards. We're making a choice to go to the Father and to release them and to not sin. And holding unforgiveness is sin right there. So it's not not an emotional uh, choice. We're not waiting for the emotions to, to, or we're not asking the Lord to help us forgive. We're just choosing to forgive. And that is a safeguard from offense. And the thing that the Lord keeps showing me like right now, I keep seeing it over and over. I'm like, okay, I'll get there. Um, is that, um, you know, where it says, do not uh, let the sun go down on your anger, thereby giving the enemy a foothold. A foothold literally is you open the door and you see like there's a bad guy on your porch. You're immediately going to slam the door and you have um, the upper hand. Right. Mm -hmm. Because you can shut and lock the door. You have the upper hand. But if he gets his foot in the crack, no matter how hard you push, that door is not shutting. It will not shut. And so if the enemy can get a foothold in the crack of the door that you open by being offended or by not forgiving or by entertaining a thought, whatever he is looking. That's what the the word says, that he roams around like a roaring lion. Amen. Seeking whom he may devour. 
And so I see it as he's looking to see who's got the door cracked enough for him to get his foot in the door. Because once his foot is there, you can't shut it. You then got to kick him out. Then you're, then right. you're wrestling with him to get him out as opposed to just being able to slam the door and deadlock it, right? Right. And even, even when you read how Jesus, after he fasted 40 days, the, the enemy came and he tempted him with everything. It says that Satan, like he left him until an opportune time. Mm. Like it does. Like, so funny he's was, that's fasting. Yeah. He submitted to God. He resisted the devil. He, he pulled out the sword, which was the word, word and, and the devil left. But then it does say he, he left until an opportune time. So to even recognize that, that the enemy is out there looking for an opportunity to come in, usually in your weakest, you're hungry, your, your emotions are over the place. You're, you've got all this going on. That's when the enemy is even trying even harder to come in. And, and it really helps to recognize that too, to, to be right. even more guarded. Yeah, I have heard that uh, halt, right? Hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, halt. If you're any mm. of those things, that's a, that's an opportune time for the enemy to come in and try to mess with you. If you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. And so just recognize, you know, like even because we know we don't war against flesh and blood, even in marriages, even in friendships, if something hurts our feelings, did they, were they really mean? Or am I hungry, angry, lonely, or tired because or angry, you know, am I hangry? Um, so that I'm glad you brought that up because it's just, this is part of wearing our armor. This is part of armoring up to go into warfare is just being aware even of how, how we are feeling um, before the enemy attacks. Like, because we're supposed to be ready at all times. We're supposed to take every thought captive. But, you know, maybe if we are hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, we call a friend or a spouse and say, I'm hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. Would you cover me in prayer? Because the enemy, you know, could come upon sin or whatever. So it's just self, self-aware of, you know, are we, are we battle ready? And if we're not feeling it that morning or whatever, we better get somebody else praying for us. Right, for sure. Okay, so we, I hate to do this. We don't have a lot of time. I just, I mean, we could, this conversation needs to keep going. So I have to have you back. But I mean, I have, we have, we have 12 minutes and I have to be off and at the front door. Somebody's coming. But um, one of the most radical spiritual warfare things that I have seen you go through lately was when that woman came out of nowhere, are we allowed to talk about this and came to your trailer and the Lord had given me a dream. I don't even remember the dream. I'm sure I have it written, but it was like, you guys were going through this crazy warfare with this woman that seemingly wanted help. But then I have this crazy dream at the same time that ends up playing out in the warfare that you were experiencing and it was a um at least i believe it was a strategic enemy attack on your ministry sent to you in the form of a human being <laughs> like it was not this was not just like oh yeah i think this is warfare no like it was 
Mm-hmm. The enemy sent someone to take you down to infiltrate so that it could do damage to your reputation, your ministry, your home, your family, everything. Can you talk a little, little about what that looked like? Yeah, I think that it's, you know, Jesus, when he sends out the, the disciples, he tells, tells them to go find the person of peace. One thing he says in there, he says to, to look out for the distraction on the road. And so I think that a lot of times when God has given us a mission or an assignment, these people or, you know, whether they truly do need help or whether they're just an assignment from the enemy or whatever, they're coming. Like they're coming. Even if you go out in street evangelism, you're going out there. Then all of a sudden this one person holds you up and you're carrying on conversation with them forever. And you, and you miss this, this other person. Uh, That's good. It truly truly reminds me of Daniel, you know, when the angel came to him and says, Hey, I've been trying to get to you, but this this prince Prince of Persia. Yeah. Yeah. He, he held me off. And so God had just really spoke some big things in our life and we had already gotten out of one huge battle and we thought everything was going good. And and a person shows up who really needs help. And I'm talking within 24 hours, we were in the craziest demonic stuff. And it's still like, I I really honestly believe uh, it it affected us for about six, seven months, even after. So so crazy. Right. But the Lord, what he likes to do, he, he really likes to show us how much he loves us. He gives us like love gifts to prepare us for a battle. And for Dwayne, before this attack came, God was speaking so much to him. Like, Hey, you, you really hear my voice. You need to have confidence. And we had been out day after day evangelizing and Dwayne was just getting words of knowledge where he could just walk up to a crowd and, and speak like, Hey, your back hurts. And Oh, by the way, you need to forgive your mom. And by the and like, right. Really just preparing him, getting him ready. Right. right. And so when this person came and showed up here, um, the rest of us in the house um, were kind of taken off guard. We were just kind of open and just really trying to help. Me, of course, I'm naturally conspiracy minded. So <laughs> my brain's already like questioning things, mm-hmm. but I'm still going to operate in love. But it really right. was Dwayne stepping up and saying, hey, no, the Lord's telling me this and him him putting his foot down Right. That like, like really saved us from the battle. Yeah, it was really so the Lord really prepared him. But even after, after he put an end to it and he stopped this crazy warfare from happening, I'm talking like it was some of the most demonic things we had experienced. And um, I I remember she kept trying to isolate you. She was begging you to, to, to just you, just you and me, just you and me. How about we go here? Just you and me. She was purposely trying to isolate you. Right. And she was pretending she need help. But then at the mm-hmm. point where my husband like stopped it, then it was like, oh, well, maybe I'll just go say you get, I'll call the police and say I was kidnapped and yes. I'll, I'll, I'll do this Crazy. and this. And well, so and that up. is Jezebel. That's Jezebel's MO, right? She comes in with charm, sometimes a victim personality. They, she needs help. It's, it's all the manipulation. But then when you cut, catch on to the manipulation, you put a stop to it, it turns to anger and force. Right. right. And exactly so then it went. Did. 
it went really bad and Dwayne was like, hey, you got to go. You got to go. And, and the police actually did come. She really did leave. And call the police. <laughs> Dwayne was like, no, I, I like we didn't hold her hostage. She was able to get to you. And they were like, OK, that so it, nothing happened, but it almost but, went yeah. really really bad and so you've got to realize that the enemy is going to send every kind of distraction in your way to to take you out to discourage you to to get you off the path and and then even through that when you realize how crazy it is then you've got to guard your heart you've got to forgive you've got to just right. walk in get this you know, in love mm-hmm. and, During- it, and it's not always easy it's never easy. <laughs> it's not, not always easy. It's never easy. Um, during that same time, somebody had reached out to me online and, and there's a lot of, and I should recognize this going forward. Um, oh, and we're going to run out of time, but when they come with flattery, like so-and-so said, you could probably help me because you have this anointing and you are this wonderful minister and, and so-and-so couldn't help me and so-and-so couldn't help me and nobody else can help me. But I think that you can, I think that I recognize that you can, that feeds our ego and we want, Mm -hmm. you know, so on the one hand, even if we are righteous, we want to help them. Even if, if our heart is right, like, oh, this person really needs help. But then on the other hand, they're doing this thing where nobody else could help me, which is either the victim or it's building up in flattery. Either way, it's like um, right, knowing that, that the enemy is going to, to use those tactics to get you to uh, yoke with this person, even if it's helping. And at the same time, this is happening to me online, probably within that, that whole month prior. And I remember asking you, I don't know if I'm supposed to help. I don't know if I'm not supposed to help. I'm kind of helping, but every time I try to help, it ends up in chaos and like, yeah, just a mess. And I finally had cut the person off and blocked them. And then I had that dream that night that you went through that and all of the dream tied it all together. And it was the same kind of attack where the enemy was sending a distraction to take us off of our course and assignments with the Lord. And so just crazy. All right. I have four minutes and that's if they're not early. And so, um, I, we did want to talk about principalities. We did not get there. So let's save that for another podcast where we talk, spend the whole time talking about that. But for now to the listener, waking up in the morning and spending their day as a believer in Jesus Christ, your number one advice for always staying on the offense um, and, and maybe what to do when you do find yourself on the defense in spiritual warfare. I would say it, it really is the full armor of God. You know, it really is that that helmet of salvation, which is your hope. Everything on this earth is going to pass away. Every moment is just a seasonal moment. Every everything is just to distract you off of Jesus. But if he, Amen. Is your, if he is your blessed hope and you stay fixed on him, everything in everything, prayer and thanksgiving and to where you're, you're really thankful. Anytime I start to really mm. struggle and I'm like, Oh, let me just praise you, Lord. There's something to be thankful. Just start praising the Lord and looking for that blessed hope, you know, like to think on the Lord is truly the the tool that you need. Praise him, you know, praise him in the gates. He, 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 he inhabits the praise of his people. Amen. 
the Lord is far away, man. If you just start praising him, you talk about the names of God, or if you just start thanking him for every good thing, he comes and and he's tangible and you can feel it. faithful. Yeah. So So that's, so praise worship. You said humility, absolutely. Repentance, Mm -hmm. forgiveness. Um, and then armor of God, the belt of truth and guarding your heart, the breastplate of righteousness. Right. So, and then your feet, your feet being prepared, the preparation of the Mm -hmm. gospel of peace to always be prepared for for the war if you're in a battle like if your shoes are on you're ready to fight but if you manage your bear you're in trouble well I think that people think that they can just like open up to the Ephesian scriptures about the um the armor of God and be like okay I put on my helmet and I you know and they pray through it and they think that's the warfare no these are actual tangible things you're guarding your heart you understand Amen. what truth is and you have the word you never ever ever doubt your salvation it's guarding your mind and taking those thoughts Amen. captive in what in the faith that Jesus has saved you and called you his own like these are actual things and then the sword you can't just say I pick up the sword of the spirit no it's a thing it's the word of God and you have to be able to, to speak it out of your mouth. Speak it out. Right to work. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, oh, they're going to be here in one minute. This was so good. And I want to keep going. Um, so our announcement is. <laughs> you want me to say it? <laughs> yeah, I do. I'm going to let you do it. We're going to do a retreat in December. We are, we are spontaneously fitting one in. We thought we were going to wait till spring, but. The exciting thing is we are fitting one in December 4th through the 7th, um, come in on a Monday and then leave on a Thursday. Um, and we thought we'd be able to pick the city, but we've not, we've just not gotten there. We're trying. We are praying <laughs> about which city. Okay, so, so we are jumping in. The Lord did so much since the podcast yesterday. We kept praying and the Lord did so much and we have the place. Do you want to tell them? Yes, we're going to go to Table Rock, Missouri. Table Rock Lake. Table Rock Lake in Missouri, which is the Branson area, somewhere we never, I mean, the Lord just totally let it. We would never, nobody suggested that. We never, I'd never even heard of it, right? But you found it after I went to bed last night. Yep, the three hour, two hour time zone difference, I was looking for places and then when I found it I I thought oh I've got to send this to her but it was so So good it was so late but I woke up to it and I was excited um so the really cool part to me like there's a couple of really cool supernatural things that just happened today to confirm that the Lord is in this and uh one of them was that right after we left the last retreat which wasn't I think that was May right hey Yeah. So in May, as I was leaving the last retreat, the Lord spoke to me and just said, take your seat at the table. And I knew, oh, that's the name of the next retreat. He's already giving me the name of the next retreat. And so I mentioned it to Tabitha, like right then, like, oh my gosh, but then we haven't talked about it since. Although he's spoken it to me a few times. In fact, I mentioned it on another podcast because somebody said something about the table and I was like, oh, that's the name of the next retreat, I hope, you know. So anyway, I mentioned it to Tabitha today and she's like, Sherry, it's called Table Rock Lake. And it was so great because I had been just kind of feeling guilty 
because I went looking for houses without really praying first. And so then by the time I prayed, I felt like I could not hear the Lord because we'd looked everywhere in the United States. And so I was like, Lord, no, I can't even hear you if you're speaking a city. And so it was just super special to me that he just confirmed it in that way. But then even more exciting. Yes. So at the retreat, the Lord started to spin our minds into a different way. Um, He actually started to speak something that was a little bit different to both of us. So for this next retreat, we're bringing two guest people. You're bringing two people to be a part of the actual ministry prayer team. I said, gosh, I wish we could invite more people. And she's like, well, you know, we kind of talked about it after the last retreat. And I was like, who do we even trust? And right away, the Lord brought two women to mind. And we reached out to them after discussing it for a little while. We reached out to them and both of them said that the Lord had already spoken to them. One of them said, "Amen." yeah, that she that he, she asked after the last retreat, when am I going to see them again? When can I be with them again? And he said the holiday season. And here we are asking her if she'll meet us in December and be a part of what we're doing. So Michaela, Amen. Michaela Ariel on Facebook, she will be joining the ministry team for this event. And then um, the other one came with us to France on mission. And she's actually joining me next week for Sukkot, for the Sukkot celebration. And it's Kelly Anderson. She saw herself uh, ministering with us and immediately was like, no, they do their own thing. Like God, God has, you know, called them to do their own thing or whatever. That's probably just me. And then we reach out. And so we are just so excited. Both of them are called anointed the lord has been training them they are they have such gentle spirits but they're both know their authority and are warriors and so i just feel like they're just gonna fit right in there and it's gonna be beautiful i agree they both are like very strong blessings in the body of christ and every time i'm around them you know i've spent a lot more time with michaela every time i'll walk away completely challenged in the lord and such so I, I think that it's going to be great. And I've witnessed Kelly go through crazy chaotic moments and completely remain at peace in the Lord. And Amen. So I'm really excited to have them both come join us and help. And I think it's going to be such a blessing. So that's exciting to be able to to open it up to a few more because we always run out of space uh, for the amount of people that want to register. So get the, you can get right now, as you're watching this, you can click through to the website and register and read a little bit more about uh, the retreat and Michaela and Kelly. So yeah. Sure. Amen. <laughs> All right. Well, we're excited to see who the Lord has in mind for this retreat and Amen. Yeah, all that he's going to do. So exciting. And we'll teach more on spiritual warfare. We always do at the retreat. So, all right. Well, thank you. Thank you for spending your afternoon with me. Always a blessing. Thank you. God bless. And we will talk soon. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Okay. Is it just me or did that go by way too fast? I hope you enjoyed it. Enjoyed the discussion as much as I did. If you want more, to find any of the resources that were mentioned today, just head on over to emeraldglorywellness.com. 
And thank you so much for joining us today. Don't forget to share this with anybody in your life that you think it might benefit. Yahweh bless you and yours.